0: Bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this beautiful Sabbath day. I ask that you just send your Holy Spirit now to fill this space and speak through me today. And if it can touch one person in this room or listening, I ask that you just work that out in their lives and help them to hear your voice today calling on their heart. I ask these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Welcome everybody, good morning. Thanks so much for another opportunity for me to come and share with y'all. I wanna start today by asking you a couple of questions. Number one, are you brave enough to follow God's path for your life, God's leading? Number two, are you prepared for how it will change your life think about those as as we go through the message today and as I share my story with you today I'm going to tell you right now that letting go of control and letting God lead your life is way easier said than done following God's call in your life is a bold choice in today's world because when it seems like it can't get worse it does right And standing for Christ is more of an afterthought than a first choice. In our world, the search for purpose is through self and pleasures of life instead of through God and the treasures of heaven, right? This is what I see. But God gives a very clear message throughout the Bible. He will be with us and to be brave. One of my favorite verses, and it's the verse for today, is Isaiah 41.10. And Isaiah 41.10 reads, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Now, this is not the only instance where bravery and God are linked together in Scripture. Think about Moses and Joshua. Be strong and courageous, Moses says to Joshua. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Don't be afraid, don't be discouraged. And then Joshua to the people of Israel. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous, don't be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go then David to Solomon. Be strong and courageous and do the work. Don't be afraid or discouraged for the Lord God, my God is with you. Even Paul closes out so many of his letters reminding us to be brave because the Lord is with us. Bravery is present in the lives of God's people and it's sourced from our Heavenly Father. It strengthens us to answer the call that's on our hearts that Jesus personally puts there to take the gospel to the world. So what about after the Great Commission, beginning of Acts, we get into the New Testament, we find the disciples huddled together in prayer after Jesus ascended to heaven and giving them the Great Commission. And as they gather in a room praying, a rushing wind comes in and the Holy Spirit falls on them. And then they go out into the streets and they speak to all the people in all the languages that they understand, speaking the gospel. They were mocked. They were criticized. But did they keep going? Yes. Their bravery to go out into the world and spread the gospel in the face of adversity, criticism, and possible death was directly related to the Holy Spirit being with them. Their bravery was sourced from God. They remembered the verse in Isaiah, fear not, for I am with you. So even though these disciples walked with Jesus and had his direction to go out into all the world and make disciples, they still faced a lot of adversity from their culture, their people, and yet through their power, God gave them strength to be able to do what they needed to do for him. They didn't live by excuses. They didn't say, well, maybe I'm too busy or I've got other things going on. They were infused with the Holy Spirit and it made them brave. So in my office, when I first started working in ministry and now in my classroom at TCA where I teach, I have this sign that reads, Be Brave. And the sign in both of these jobs has always been right in front of my desk somewhere where I can see it all the time and it's that reminder when I look up to be brave. And when I look at it, I remember everybody that's gone before me, whether it's the disciples or the leaders of the church or other teachers or chaplains, all of those who are brave enough to answer the call that God put on their heart. Some of you heard my testimony many weeks ago where I told you about how my life took a really bad turn after academy and I went down a really dark path. I went to the farthest point away from God, or so I thought. But I could never hide from his love. I could never hide from his mercy, from his forgiveness. And when I saw his outstretched hand and heard him calling to me, there was nothing that was gonna hold me back. My conversion's where I left off, but I wanted to share with you today what I believe is one of the best parts of my story, and that's my call to ministry. So after my rebirth in 2012, my life began to change pretty rapidly. I talked about joining a Bible study, a small group, and having this just incredible conversion experience where I really met Jesus for the first time and understood that relationship side of things. But in August of 2014, I prayed a prayer that would forever change the trajectory of my life. I prayed, God. What do you want me to do with my life? Whatever it is, I'll do it. This is a very dangerous prayer. I don't think anyone's prepared for what God will do, but he helps you get prepared. And I prayed this prayer, and over the course of the next few weeks, I was wowed by how quickly God moved into action and place people in my life to send me down this path of ministry. Going back to school to go into ministry was the last thing I ever wanted to do. I just finished my undergrad after having two little kids, which is never a great plan, it's exhausting. And I'm like, I'm done with school, I'm not going to grad school, that's not a thing, that's not part of my plan. But I would have to do that to be in ministry. And so I prayed, God, you're gonna have to make me want this and make me excited about it. And guess what? He answered my prayer and changed my mind. I remember being in class. My professors would always say, you are like the most excited person to be here. (laughs) I would be reading the Bible, because I left the church right after academy, so you know I knew all the Bible stories, but I go in and I'm hearing some of these stories for the very first time as we're reading in class, and I'm looking around at people going, how come no one else is excited about this as I am? This is so cool. I can't believe this is in the Bible. And they're like, who is this girl that's, you know, here to be in ministry that doesn't know all these stories yet? But it was incredible. And so God made me not only want to go back to school, but he made me excited, and it was definitely one of the coolest experiences, right? I also said to God, you know, I'm, this is before I went to went back to grad school. I'm a stay-at-home mom. I had two small children, I'm a stay-at-home mom, I can't uproot my family to move from Georgia to Michigan, where Andrews University is, in the theological seminary. Joe was the only one working. I'm like, God, you have to find him a job. So God answers that prayer, and it was discovered that Joe's company that he worked for in Georgia had a corporate office near Andrews. Random. But the jobs were very coveted positions in the IT, and nobody ever left. And so he's like, well, I'll call my boss and just ask if he knows anything about any positions at the corporate office. He calls his boss the next day and tells him what's going on. And his boss goes, you're not gonna believe this, but someone in IT turned in their resignation at the corporate office this morning. And not only that, but they want me Who's in Georgia to fill the position in Michigan? Let that sink in for a second. It was an absolute miracle. So I knew this was definitely the direction God was sending our family for sure. I was in the seminary and I, you know, get in there, do my classes, and I'm like, I've got to take, they're like, you got to take Hebrew and Greek. That's part of your studies. And I said, God, I can't take a foreign language. I'm from the South, we don't even speak English right. But he answered my prayer and he gave me a love for language and even though it was really hard and I dropped Greek because I thought it was gonna kill me. I had this professor that he put in my path that would, he believed in me so much, he put me right back in the class and he pulled me across that finish line. My time at the seminary was not easy, and God revealed his plan to me one step at a time. He made me brave so I could follow it even when it didn't make sense or wasn't what I expected it to be. I went to the seminary to be a military chaplain. That's what was on my heart. But that door closed about halfway through my program when I got an unexpected medical disqualification. I remember feeling lost. I mean, this is what I came for, to be a chaplain. I'd hung my hat on it, maybe even my identity on that job. And now just like that, it was gone. And I cried out to God, I'm here, what do you want me to do? Please show me where you want me to be. The next week, I was sharing with a complete stranger my testimony. They were asking questions, and they had come on campus, and I didn't know who they were. It was just a friend of a friend. And I share with them my story and where I'd come from out of that dark place and where I was now. And he didn't know what I'd gone through. He didn't know anything about the chaplaincy stuff or anything. And he looks me right in the eyes, and he says, you should be a pastor. I didn't want to be a pastor. I even told him, yeah, that's not gonna happen. I wanted to run like Jonah right now. And I cried out like Moses, who am I? There has to be somebody better to do this job. I remember asking my friend Barbara at the seminary, why would God call me to be a pastor when my heart is set on being a chaplain? And she looked at me And then reminded me of that prayer that I prayed in 2014. Maybe because he knows you are willing to go wherever he calls you to go. Oh yeah, that. (laughs) So then I pray, make me brave. Where you will lead me, God, I will follow. Even if it doesn't make any sense. A week later, the Oregon conference interviewed me at the seminary and picked me up to be a pastor in their conference when I was finished. During that time in ministry out in Oregon, I had a peace knowing that I was doing exactly what God had called me to do, and I loved it. It was an incredible experience. It wasn't easy, but it was so rewarding. And I remember about halfway through my time in Oregon, a family member had mentioned to me, <clears throat> you should be a teacher. I don't want to be a teacher. And I even responded, yeah, that's never going to happen. Are you catching a theme here? So I pastored a church, and I honestly thought that was it. This is the path God has for me, this is what I'm doing. I'm content, I was happy, until one day, two years after I started in Oregon, I could feel the Holy Spirit tugging on my heart again. It was time to go, and I knew it. I couldn't stop thinking about that promise I made to God to go wherever he asked me to go. But this time, this move required more faith than I had ever had before. Because this time, there wasn't a church calling me up saying, hey, we want you to work for us. There wasn't even a job offer on the table at all. This call came to my husband, Joe. It was a job offer out of the blue from North Carolina, saying, hey, we see your credentials. This is a long shot. We know you're all the way in Oregon, but maybe you would consider this position. And at first it seemed just odd and like random, but after we prayed about it, we felt that if this was God reaching out to us, that maybe we should at a minimum follow-through. And he'd shut the door, so we followed through. And at every step of that journey, we prayed for him to shut it down if this is not what he wants us to do. Just shut it down. I didn't even pack because I was pretty sure it was going to get shut down because it's just crazy. Then the final phase of the interview is like this six-step process. The final phase of the interview happens and they offer Joe the job. We pray about it and it's just undeniable that this is where God wants us to be. We just, we couldn't believe it. So we asked for the moving timeframe and it was really short, so now I'm regretting not packing, you know? (laughs) It was pure chaos trying to get the house ready to sell, pack everything and get the move lined up from Oregon to North Carolina. And many told me I was crazy for going through with that without even a hint of a job offer. People would pull me aside at church and be like, but you didn't get a call. You didn't get a call. You know, God doesn't just call the pastor and the family. I said, we gotta go. As crazy as it sounds, God is telling us to go. So God sells our house in just a few days. We load up the moving truck and we get to North Carolina. And then I started applying for and interviewing for ministry positions and I kept getting the same response every time. You're great. You've got a great personality. But you're a woman. We're not ready for that here. We're not ready for a female in ministry. Or the positions have been filled. You're just a little too late. So I kept going. I knew something was going to open up. God called me here. Something's going to happen. One month goes by. Two months go by. Three months. Four months. And by this point, my faith is getting a bit shaky. I started to doubt. what only a few months ago, I was certain was a call from God. I let the devil get in my head and say... Maybe I was wrong. Maybe I'm I'm not as close to God as I think I am. And maybe I totally misread this and, and it's just a horrible mistake. And I went down into that spiral of thinking. Maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe God was done with me and he just wanted me out of ministry. Five months go by. And it was about this time I was looking for something in the Bible a story, and I came across the story in First Kings of Elijah on Mount Carmel with the prophets of Baal. You guys know this story? It's a pretty incredible story. And it was a battle of their gods and the one true God. And the prophets of Baal did everything to try and get their gods to send down fire to light their altar, burn their sacrifice. They tried all day. Nothing happened. And then Elijah steps up to the plate and he builds an altar to the Lord, he pours water over the altar multiple times with a trench around it, and then he prays, and immediately the Lord set fire, sent fire down from heaven to burn up everything, the altar, the soil, it took out all the water around the altar, everything. Everything. I mean, this story is incredible. And I thought, how lucky is Elijah to have such an incredible experience? I mean, fire from heaven, I've never had that experience. And I kept reading, and the very next part of the story, Elijah finds out that Queen Jezebel wants to kill him, and what does he do? He gets scared and runs for his life off into the wilderness sits under a bush and tells God to please kill him. He's not good enough. And I read this and I think, wow, Elijah, you literally just saw fire come down from heaven. And now you're running scared? How quickly you forgot what God had done for you. Where is is the faith that you had on Mount Carmel? And as soon as that thought goes through my brain, I look up from my Bible because I realize... I'm thinking, what am I going through right now? And in all my reading of the stories of Elijah, I never really related to him until now. And I'm like, this guy is the most relatable. I'm sitting here thinking about how he sat there and felt like he was done. And he had just seen this amazing miracle in his life, and yet... So quickly he had forgotten it, and I thought, you know, if I was there with him, I would, I would tell him, fear not, God says, he's with you. Don't be dismayed, for he's your God. He will strengthen you, he will help you, he will uphold you with his righteous right hand. Be brave, Elijah, be brave. And then I thought back in all the ways that God had been there for me, in this adventure that my family has had with him over the last several years. And when I had faith how he showed up in my life, I thought back on everything that I've told you all today. And then I went and prayed, God, I'm here. I know this is where you want me to be in North Carolina. I don't know what you want me to do. I don't know where you want me to go. I am willing to do whatever you ask me to do. I made a choice that day to put it all back in God's hands and stop trying so hard to make it look like what I thought it needed to look like, right? And I had this incredible peace. The next week, the principal of TCA called me and said, Hey, Would you be interested in being a Bible teacher and chaplain at TCA? I got off the phone call and I just laughed. A teacher. Another thing I said I would never be. And then I cried. A chaplain. A door that I thought had been closed. And it had been so painful to walk away from that. And now God was like here. The desires of your heart. I've been at TCA now for 10 weeks, just over 10 weeks, and I'll tell you I love it so much. Uh, teaching is pretty incredible. I was nervous working with all the students, especially high school age at that. You know, you hear the horror stories. You guys know what I'm talking about. It's okay. I say, God, am I really enough? And then I remembered something my best friend told me when I asked that same question leaving the seminary at graduation. Am I enough? And he told me, God equips you the moment he calls you. All you have to do is be brave. The peace is still here, knowing that I'm exactly where God wants me to be, doing exactly what God wants me to do. That is an incredible feeling. You should try it sometime. It is incredible. And I want that for each one of you, to wake up knowing that in your corner of the world, you are bravely doing exactly what God has called you to do. Connecting with the world around us is more than just making the time. It's seeking the Father and allowing the Holy Spirit to infuse us with this kind of bravery that propels us into God's work just like he did with the disciples. Hear the Holy Spirit in your heart. Answer God's call. Be brave and follow his plan for your life. And it's not going to be easy. There's going to be times where you may feel like Esther, knowing the silence is easier, but speaking out is the right choice, and it's what you've been called to do. Some days you may feel like David standing before a giant or Moses asking, who am I? I don't even talk right. Or maybe you're like Elijah, forgetting what God has done for you in the past and you lose faith and you get scared. Whoever you relate to today, remember that they were all brave. The gospel message needs voices Strong, brave voices to propel it forward. Voices of men, women, and children. We're all called. And he is stretching out his hand and calling you to join his army. And fear not, for he is with you every step of the way. God has made me brave to stand under his call for my life. And I know he's going to do the same for you. So I challenge you today to activate the Holy Spirit in your life and pray for God to use you because I believe we are called for such a time as this to be the voice for God and to be brave. Let's stand as we pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Father, we're at a point in this world where God is calling all of us. There are no exceptions. He wants all of us to be a part of this incredible opportunity to work alongside Him as we bring the gospel message to anyone who will hear it. I ask that you be with each person here, help them, guide them, help them answer that call on the heart. Help them pray that most dangerous prayer. God, what do you want me to do with my life? And give them the strength and the bravery to do it. I ask that you help us all be the shining light that each person needs. And be brave. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.